Black genius is a beautiful thing. You can defeat white supremacy with black genius. Oh, yes, you can. Not this time in the Seattle Foundation is bringing you another special event. It's time for us to save ourselves with that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and through the men who are in our midst guiding us. 750,000 people marched all over the world. We just literally shifted American culture. It's not that I'm anti-immigrant, anti-anything. What I'm saying is I'm talking about pro-black. Nobody talks about what has happened to my generation, our age generation in the 90s, on people who've been locked up in the pen. And if you valued yourself a little more, you would be a little more careful about who you out there sleeping with and who you out there just giving yourself with, knowing you have value and that you're a treasure. Don't miss our third conversation with the streets with our special guest, Brother Ben X, activist and motivational speaker, Tamika Mallory, activist and national chair of the Women's March, Teslin Figaro, Bernie Sanders' former national staffer and current Fox News commentator, and the co-founders of the Not This Time movement, Andre Taylor and Dove, on Wednesday, the 24th of July from 5 to 9 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, Seattle City Hall. Just click the link below and get your tickets now. I got some new equipment, family. So, you know, your brother been, uh, I've been working. I got some new equipment. So, you know, I'm trying to get the, y'all know I got the new mic, man. Shout out to brother Josh Mason, man, who sent the donation. They have me a new roadcaster, man. So we got a new mic. We got a new little uh, podcast thing. So we finna turn this music up a little bit. And then what we're going to do, we are going to get into the sister. Uh, y'all know we have a series going called what has the nation of islam done for you so now we have a sister on you know she got a little worried she said is it only for brothers i, I said no 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 it ain't just for brothers we're gonna do it for the sisters as well so let's go ahead and uh get started with uh something from the honorable minister louis farrakhan which came from uh the so It says, there will never be a righteous kingdom until and unless there is a righteous woman. Where there are no decent women, there are no decent men. For the woman, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches, the black woman in particular, is the mother of civilization. So I want to talk about the divine nature and value of the woman. The minister said, no matter what your color or race or ethnicity, you have never looked at yourself as part of the divine. After this message today, that view of yourself will change. And you know, in the Nation of Islam, brothers and sisters, we are taught when you teach a man, you are teaching an individual. But when you teach a woman, you are teaching a nation because she is the one who's going to give birth to that nation. I don't care who your favorite person is in the world. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Minister Louis Farrakhan. I don't care if it's Malcolm X. I don't care if it's Marcus Garvey. They all came through the womb of a woman. And in Islam in particular, man, we know there's a lot of propaganda going out there about the women, man. And a lot of people want to know about the nation of Islam women. You know, what do they go through? You know, you see a lot of men out speaking. 
we see a lot of men out bearing witness and we do see you know sister ava muhammad we got a chance to see uh mother tanetta muhammad but they want to see more of the women in the mgt bearing witness to what the teachings of the honorable elijah muhammad has done for them so i want to be a platform family that kind of offers that platform and that opportunity so we have in the building family in the building our sister Marianne. as i'm like um yes go ahead, go ahead. my bad all right you got the floor yes as like my name is sister mariam alima uh i am originally from Richmond, Virginia, born in Richmond, Virginia, raised in Columbia, South Carolina, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia, and attending Master of 15. Absolutely. So uh, for you, were you born in the nation of Islam or <laughs> tell us that story? Yes, I was born in the nation of Islam. And it's so funny because I was thinking about the term nation baby earlier. And, you know, that's a little phrase that people call themselves when they were born into the nation, um, which is a blessing. It's a true blessing. Uh, and I'm so thankful to have been born in the nation. But ironically, so, so many nation babies left the nation. And maybe that's why they use that term. I, me, myself was one of them. Um, I kind of denounced the nation in 2011 when my father passed. And I started having an intimate relationship with a Sunni brother whose father was the imam. And so therefore with that, you know, when you have relationships, when you have physical relationships with people and you're just trying to find something. So, you know, with my father passed, I'm looking for something. And I was, I allowed myself to let my mind be muddled to where I actually went so far back down into the rabbit hole that I thought that everyone was created at one time. After being taught my whole life that <laughs> all the teachings at 22, I was like, oh, no, it was all a lie. <laughs> Crazy. And so in 2015, um, I saw Hidden Colors and that woke me back up. But of, of course, I've told you this before via IG that you truly, 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 truly were and are one of the things that brought me back to the nation. So Hidden Colors actually woke me back up to the realization that dun, 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 we were not created at once. The black man, of course, the Asiatic black man was created first. Um, well, Allah created himself first out of triple darkness. But um, seeing your videos on YouTube, and I was like, oh, wow, there's young people in the nation because without social media and being from small, like Columbia isn't a small town, but it is a smaller mosque compared to some cities, especially like um, number 15 here in Atlanta. And so that mosque was predominantly filled up with family members. And so for me, I didn't really realize that it was so many young people in the nation coming in. And even that was already there because, you know, you'll go to Savior's Day and you'll see people, but then like after that, without social media, you didn't see them again. So I didn't have that communication. And so watching your videos, I was like, oh, wow, this young brother is learned. I was, <laughs> let me find out. Okay, this is what's up. And then um, I started going back to the mosque and studying. I, you know what? I didn't study. I wasn't studying any of the teachings per se. 
but I was just studying black people and us. Mm, well, praise be to Allah for that. Let's give her this. <laughs> yeah, but y'all done y'all shouldn't have gave me this. But I'm gonna have all kind of sound effects now. So let me ask you this: Now that you was able to go over into the the Sunni community or the or the teachings that they have, what differences uh, were you able to see? Because you have a lot of Sunni Muslims who always talk about the Nation of Islam and they try to tell us about how we're wrong about something, or they talk about what's different, but Oftentimes, these individuals have never been in the Nation of Islam. So being that you was able to be a part of both groups, tell me what is the difference that you saw? Oh, such a major difference. Um, of course. So I'll say this first to preface it. Sunni Islam is just Orthodox Islam. We're just following the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and following the Hadith. Now, all Sunni Muslims are not necessarily from the Middle East. So uh, Imam Murthy Muhammad, the people that follow the teachings of Imam Murthy Muhammad, who, of, of course, is the son of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, they consider themselves Sunni Muslims as well. So I want to make it be known. I'm not talking about those brothers and sisters. Those are our brothers and sisters. But Sunni Muslims that are from the Middle East do not feel that the nation of Islam practices Islam in any way, shape, form or fashion. Um, believe and practice Islam almost like Christianity. And ironically, I didn't even realize that until a few months ago when um, another sister that was in Sunni Islam for 30 years said it and, I, and it dawned on me and I was like, wow, you know what, that's true. Even though I had already been practicing it for like from 2011 to 2015, it still didn't dawn on me even when I woke back up that they were literally basically practicing Islam like Christianity in the wrong way to practice Christianity within itself too, because if you practice Christianity correctly, you wouldn't be practicing it wrong either. Indeed. So when you get when I say that, so I mean, um, they don't they believe in God is a spook. They don't believe that God is man. They um. I'm going to give some big like so. So that's that's the biggest one. Also, another big one. They don't believe that, you know, Allah um, created the black man first. They believe that everyone was created at one time. And I was I convinced myself of that, too. Um, those are two things that are sticking out of my head right now. I don't want to sit here and say, oh, mom, oh, mom, mom. but if something else comes up that's like really prevalent, I'll I'll mention it. OK, but those two things. So let's um, other than just young people being in the nation of Islam and hitting colors, was there anything that stood out to you that um, let I ask you this way? Growing up in the being a nation, baby, you you did uh, hear a lot of the teachings growing up, though, right? Yes. So was there anything that you now see that was able to benefit you that maybe you didn't really recognize or internalize uh, before? Then all of it, <laughs> literally all of it. Um, after my eyes were open again, I mean, I, these last few months have just been so emotional because I realized everything I turned my back on. So I, I'll say this. I, I questioned a lot because I never stopped 
considering myself to be a Muslim. I always knew that, like, even, you know, I was like, I am a Muslim. I love Islam. And one thing that really attracted me to Sunni Islam was the uh, the practices of it. So like duas, I do a lot. Of, I, I did incorporate that. And I'll say this. So um, most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you know, told us to give them milk rather than meat. So they, he was really trying to wake the black man up and love himself. So therefore they, he wasn't really giving us all of the practices of Islam. And so that kind of helped sway me to leave the nation because I love the practices of Islam. Um, now, the most uh, honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, is implementing more of that within the nation of Islam. So now there really aren't a lot of differences. I saw someone comment on your page earlier about Juma prayer. And yes, we do do Juma prayer. And when I was growing up, uh, that wasn't really something that was done throughout. So I, I will say that. Um, what was I going to say? Um, well, I was asking, was there anything that you kind of remembered uh, that 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 was impactful for your life that was from the teachings of the army? I, I know what I was going to say. I asked the law, why would he allow the nation of Islam to even be started if it's not real. Because I was like, that's so crazy. And I was like, well, I guess it's to at least get more black people to Islam. So I was like, well, then if that's the case, then I have to be fine with it. And little did I know, once my mind was open again and the wool was taken off my eyes, I was like, oh, you silly child. Like this was our, this has been for you your whole, like since the beginning of time, this was for you, this is what it was. Not so it can bring. Well, yeah, that too. It was started for that reason as well to get black people back to their original teachings because, you know, the white man took all that away from us mm. with the diaspora. For women who uh, have questions about the nation of Islam because they've they've heard so much propaganda. You know, women are mistreated, and you know uh, they don't have the same rights as men, and all these different things that we hear on the internet or. We have these YouTubers who misrepresent it, or especially in movies and TV shows. Can you explain from personal experience how you have been taught about yourself, uh, you know, from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Yes. Um, and that's like, it's the total opposite. Like literally the nation holds the woman up so high on a pedestal. It's actually <laughs> a little daunting because you are held to such a standard, but it's a beautiful thing. Um, we aren't mistreated or anything like that. We are definitely loved and protected. So I'll say a few things. Um, inshallah, I'll be able to keep my mind, you know, my mind goes a thousand miles a minute. Um, so we are, us sisters are given a way to wear our hair coverings. You can either wear a regulation headpiece or you can wear a drape scarf. This is not a drape scarf. This is not something that we are prescribed by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad on how to cover our hair, which is a part of our dormants. Um, and the reason for that being is that because you, our brothers, will fight to the death for us and you need to be able to identify us because you wouldn't, unless you know me for knowing me, you would think that I could possibly be Maybe it's a young lady that likes to cover her hair. She might be Sunni. She might, you know, she may be Muslim. She may not be. She may be like whatever. But with the drape scarf and the um, headpiece, you're 
we're easily identifiable. So that's something that's uh, that stands out, which is I am working on accepting for myself. Um, I'm slightly a rebel without a cause with some things. And that was one of them. But I'm slowly but surely more accepting the understanding of why that is with wearing the drape scarf. Because I was almost feeling like, well, if I'm supposed to cover my head and I want to be covered and all this and that, then why can I not wear something like this? But if it's not prescribed, don't fight it. <laughs> sometimes you just got to let go and let. Just do what you're told sometimes. Let me ask you this. Um... For women who struggle with the hair part, uh, I hear many women say uh, things like, well, you know, that's oppression. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they're, they're oppressing the women because they have to cover their hair. How do you feel about that? Did you ever struggle with that? And how would you respond to a sister who's interested in being Muslim, but she just feels like that part is oppression? Okay, so it's not oppression, number one. It is a choice. There's no compulsion of Islam. No one can actually make you do anything. It is a choice. And it's um, and it's your standard of modesty. So you have some women that wear niqab, you have some women that just wear hijabs, you know, so it's their level of comfortability within themselves and how they want to present themselves to the world. When with covering your hair, I fought it so hard. I, in 2011, when I started practicing Sunni or started going the Sunni way or what may have you, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it because I was trying to give this young man and I didn't really necessarily realize that until later on, but that was the reason. So like I had a hard time covering myself. It was, that was actually the first year I actually even practiced Ramadan. And so Ramadan was beautiful, but after Ramadan, I was still, it was my sophomore, it was my sophomore junior year in college. It was my junior year in college. And so I started wearing, I started covering it in school and I mean, like all my friends were like, oh, okay. I mean, like everyone always knew I was a Muslim, but um, no one, I never covered like that before. And so everyone was fine with it, but I started to go through an identity crisis. I was like, is this really me? Is this really what I want? And I'm like, oh, you know, I like to be glamorous, all this and that. But um, sorry, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. That's kind of great. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it's july you never know in july you don't know what's happening outside i live in southwest atlanta you know it gets a little live inshallah everyone's okay um i was doing it for the wrong reason so i really really struggled and i decided to take it off in 2011 i was like no this isn't for me apparently it isn't time it doesn't make me any more of a muslim because you know I, this is what i said because it's a level of modesty what you feel is modest and I said, I know I cover up. I cover my, I'm not out here. I was trying to cover up. I ended up going way, way, way back on the left side, but it is a level um, of modesty. And as I, so this time around, a couple of months ago when I was in class, I was still trying to fight that. So, cause I was doing a lot of studying and it doesn't necessarily ever say that you have to cover your hair. It was more so that um, the women didn't have their actual bodies covered. And so the co the hair coverings that they had on their hair, they were instructed to use that to cover uh, the rest of their body. And so that's why it was interpreted to continue to sleep, to cover, to continue to cover your hair. So I had a sister ask me about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. She was like, what's the big thing about hair? Hair is very sensual. Hair is seductive. 
it can it really can be a central seductive thing and that's proven through advertisement you can see uh whenever they're trying to sell you something they're selling it with a beautiful woman and what is that woman doing most often than not she's flipping her hair doing a little of this a little of that and i even went back and watched some of my um former pods and i was like oh dang i didn't even realize it i would look at myself and i was like wow my hair is so it was sensual to me and i was like gosh that's that's amazing how once you once you accept it and you realize you like well i get it now the beautiful part of covering your hair is the respect that you get you truly do get respect like brothers do not come at you the same it is you know it's oh excuse me sister oh yes ma'am let me it is it's a lot of ma'ams it's a lot of sister and a lot of P.O. Peace is a lot of that. And I was like, dang, you know, I was like, you know, I'll say this because the first time I did it in 2011, it wasn't like that. And I'm not sure why it wasn't like that. It was a lot of still, I was still getting a lot of cat calls, even being completely covered. So, so that kind of deterred me. Why now it's not the same and I'm getting a lot more, maybe the climate is different. I don't know. But I do know that men treat you differently all ethnicities mm. and women is there, is there anything um what's the most valuable thing you have learned in the mgt class uh because you know you had the mgt you got the gcc and things of that nature for sisters who aren't able to come in of course because they haven't joined just yet what is the most valuable thing that you have learned or still learning submission true submission i wouldn't even say that that's just for mgt that's just for any muslim any practicing believer in any faith but to you know i used to have a drink in my hand and talk about how much i love a lot because i i love a lot but i didn't realize how little i loved him because i was sinning so much and thinking that it was okay but that's a lie if you truly love a lot Try, try submitting, try actually doing what he says to do. And so that submission part, whenever, you know, me, for me, for me personally, because I was so far into the world, I mean, I was in there mixing it up. For me to keep balance within myself, I need and love to stay in my Wednesday class, my Friday study group, Saturday class, Sunday Moss means and actually studying. You have to keep your, you have to pay the rent. You have to actually study. So that's also another part of the submission because Allah says, keep your duty to Allah. It's not, if you're making salah, oh, I was going to make a point about that earlier about it was with the cover in the hair. It's like, oh, well, I don't know if that sister is really actually praying. I don't know if she's really good just because she has her hair covered. So don't do it for any other reasons. You like you're on your journey within Islam. It is literally your journey. Don't don't, you know, mirror your journey to anyone else's like, oh, I wish I can be where this brother is. Oh, I wish I can be where this sister is within her faith and how she's practicing or anything like that, because it really is individual. And he's going to get us all. So just try submitting and then it may happen a little bit quicker a lot quicker than you would think but yes if it says keep your duty to a lot that's with studying prayer zakat everything you you actually have to do it and whenever i start to let something go by the wayside my spirit literally gets so out of whack 
it goes crazy. And I'm like, what's the problem? I'm like, oh, I didn't get up for Faja prayer. That's what happened. <laughs> no wonder. I didn't start my day off right. How was I supposed to have a successful day if I didn't get up for Faja prayer? Absolutely. So let, that's me, uh, let me play this clip by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as a little intermission. You can still hear me, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's check this out from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan real quick. There will never be a righteous kingdom until and unless there is a righteous woman. Where there are no decent women, there are no decent men. For the woman, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches, the black woman in particular is the mother of civilization. So today, I wanted to talk about the divine nature and value of women. No matter what your color or race or ethnicity, you have never looked at yourself as a part of the divine. That will change today. We live in the creation of God. And whatever God creates is of himself. And if God is the author and source of divinity, how could he create a universe and that universe not be divine? You can't improve on anything that he created. He created it perfect. Now we're getting there in a minute. He didn't create the sun in his image. Neither the moon nor the stars. He created nothing in his image or likeness but the human being. How could you be in his image and after his likeness and not have his divine nature? Talk to me. Think with me. Some of my brothers and sisters, Islamic scholars, they don't want to think that the human has divine qualities. We can wrangle over that with any scholar in the world. Why are you justified in wearing the attributes of God if you cannot reflect those attributes that are divine? So, we want to acquaint you today with your divinity then call on you to be yourself. 
All right, sister. Now that was heavy. That was heavy. Let me see. I gotta uh I gotta actually unmute you real quick because I had you on. Uh you can how do you unmute yourself? Do you know how to unmute yourself? No, that muted you. Okay, there you go. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. So what do you think about that uh, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? I think that that is giving you permission to let go of Satan's world because it is so intoxicating. It's so attractive and it lures you in and makes you think that um, the things that you do that are unrighteous are okay like fornication and dressing scantily clad and all, all those things that, you know, a lot of people like to do. And I was one of them, but allowing yourself to know that you really, really truly are something special because he created you is like super duper powerful. And something it's so hard to accept for some people, myself included, maybe because of all the sinning that you, that you've done, but like, like he really did create you to be divine. Like just like let that be and let it sink in and like wear that crown high. So yeah, that's really emotional. How do women in this world find self-love? Because you have so many women out here, man, who don't have self-love at all. They don't know who they are. They've been mistreated. They've been called B's and H's all their lives. And it's difficult for you to find you know, that God within or try to connect with anything. So what advice would you give to sisters going through that right now? I would give the advice of finding someone first to talk to. If you like, if you're really down and depressed and really looking for something or someone, find another female counterpart to, to talk to a mentor, someone older, really doesn't even have to be someone older um, because wisdom, you're, you're younger than me. Wisdom comes in really no age. Um, first, so first find that and then seek God. Like for me, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but you really do have to seek God. Like he create, like you really, even the advice, like point of seeking the sisterhood is to have someone to fall back on just you know that that human contact because he created us to have human contact but that solace that you're going to look for that you're looking for really won't be solidified until you seek Allah like until you seek his guidance and find it within with him then it's not really going to come um it's it's funny because I mean, I, I'm not, not going to get into detail on, you know, everything. I, I have to stop. Man, this is powerful, family. This is powerful. Is there ever, uh, was there ever a situation that you're willing to share where you knew, man, this, this had to be a law that got me out of this situation? Yes. Um... Unfortunately, with my child's father, I've allowed myself to be beaten, and I was con I was convinced 
that I was actually physically ugly to where I would be in the mirror. So I would be in the mirror and I would look in the mirror and I would question, you know what, maybe you really are ugly because you know what, the, the devil truly does live in all of us. And so with being told these negative things about yourself and having negative thoughts anyway, because we all have negative negative thoughts, you have to combat those thoughts. I started to actually believe that I was unworthy. Like I have an eccentric personality, like I'm a lot anyway. And so I'm like, wow, well maybe he's right. Maybe no one else really would be able to, to handle me. Maybe no one really else will love me. And I state like that he, well, I'm actually so, let me say this, we're fine now. Like, because my daughter is here, we have, and our relationship goes back and forth or what may have you. But um, we're cool. I hold no grudges um, for everything that transpired. But he I, he put his hands on me the first month we were together. And I didn't, we, my child wasn't conceived until our, our seventh month of being in a relationship. And so I questioned a lot. I was like, wow, why, like, why did I stay with someone for that long? And a lot of it could have been because that's the same time and the same, that was the same year and time frame that I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. And so he was there for all of that. I think we became codependent. And so with being codependent, you would rather have that person that knows everything about you than not have that person because it's a, it's, it's a lot harder to go through super you know crazy trials without someone that really, really knows all the dark and dirty. And so maybe that's why I stayed so long. I don't recommend anyone staying with anyone, you know, thinking that they're gonna, because my daughter is the biggest blessing in my life, but I wouldn't recommend like, if you're in a, a an abusive relationship, be it physical, emotional, mental, it's okay to leave. It is, it, it's okay to, um, allow that step away from that person so that person can inshallah grow so it's not that you're cutting them off that they like you detest them and they think that they are the scum that some people are some people truly are evil but a lot of women stay because they know the good in that person and they don't see them as an evil person because they probably aren't an evil person they just have so many scars and they don't know how to work through their own scars like he has a lot of scars that I try to bring him into Islam because I hadn't left the nation yet. So I used to bring him to the mosque and the brothers. It was funny, a couple of weeks ago, one of the brothers um, was asking about him. He was like, yeah, you know, I used to cut his hair, you know, where he at? And I was like, he's around. I mean, like, inshallah, he'll, he'll come back inside the doors one day. But that person has to heal themselves. You're not gonna be able to heal them. So sticking around is not anything that I would suggest. For anyone yes ma'am yeah. man I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that story uh with us you said something to me that was very important you spoke about codependency and yeah. about how you know a lot of times man we want to stick with someone because of they know us you know or it feels so comfortable that i don't want to start over with someone else or because you have this you know this disorder or you know, you've been told that you have this disorder that it's best to just stick with somebody who already knows you a little bit and things of that nature. And sometimes we become, it's almost like we accept whatever is done to us 
um, I guess out of fear of the future, out of fear of somebody not um, accepting us and things of that nature, or uh, just out of complete fear of the unknown. So that's why I asked about, is there anything, you know, that only a lot, because there's a lot of women, man, who, who deal with domestic violence, actually. Uh, there's a lot of women who actually want to leave, you know, as, as the suggestion that you gave. They want to leave, but they are so codependent or they are so not even codependent, dependent because the man is, you know, paying all the bills or the man is doing all of this. And if you leave, you feel like you don't have enough within yourself to be able to go out into the world and do anything without him. And then some women even as you stated as well, you know, feel almost sorry for the other guy. Almost like I know all the scars he's going through. I know all he's been through. I kind of can see the good inside of him. So we end up staying in and staying. We end up hurting ourselves more, which is why I love the teaching so much, so much because it says self first, then others. And I seen our sister Iyanla Van Zandt speak about your cup running over. See, I have to pour into me first. And this extra that's going to be coming out of this cup, that's going to be for you. But oftentimes we're trying to fix other people while we're trying to fix ourselves. And I say, I, and I like to use the, the airplane analogy. You know, when I, find, when I get on an airplane, when I first get on an airplane, they tell me about this oxygen mask. And it says, put the mask on you first. And then after you have it on yourself, then help somebody else. And what I realize is that's very important because if I'm trying to put it on this person and this person is depending on me, but I don't have my oxygen mask on, I'm going to end up dying. <laughs> and then they're going to end up dying because they're depending on me. So when the minister speaks about you know, self-love and knowledge of self and knowledge of self produces self-love, I believe that is very key. Uh, for our people, not even just women, but our people, because they begin to respect themselves. And when they begin to respect themselves, they are now teaching others how to treat them. So thank you again for uh, sharing that story. I see you got the self-improvement up right there. Because <laughs> it really, um, gosh, it was in, in chapter 12, I realized that, and I didn't know it, that I have, inshallah, I don't have it anymore, but I had an, an inferiority complex. Mm. that I, but I showed it, I, it wasn't that I was timid or anything that I retreated within myself. It was that I would just be so clingy and attachy and sometimes even physically would lash out because I'm trying to get that love out of that person. And I like, I want to see that they love me as much as, much as I love them. And the fear of, you know, all of my faults, maybe they don't love me. And so when I read the um, when we went over that de definition and it said it uh, extreme aggressiveness, I was like, oh, my God, I have an inferiority complex. <laughs> That's so sad because I'm such a confident person. So I was so confused. And even my friends have always they've always said, Mariam, he seems like a very nice guy. Um, maybe, you know, maybe don't give him all of you, you know quite yet and they they meant that my personality they, they meant like just calm down you're a lot to take and i'm like what and that's because i was fighting for that love like here see me i'm awesome mm. crazy and you know what i love about the teachings man it allows you to go within you know on the self-improvement man the basis of community development i believe is so important because we may be great individuals and i believe a lot of us are but there are things in us that we need to fix. 
Mm -hmm. You know, there are things in us that we can't see. And those study guys, man, I'm talking about really brings it out when it talks about envy and jealousy, when it talks about, you know, the inf inferiority complex, when it talks about uh, rising above emotions into the thinking of God, when it talks about when the minister speaks on disappointment and how other people act during disappointment, how even Satan, Satan was disappointed, you know, when he was told to bow down and he said, no, I'm, I'm made of fire. He's made it. You see what I'm saying? So us about how to respect authority, having respect for authority, all these different things, man. It really gets us to tap into ourselves and our minds. And I believe this is the basis, as the minister said, of community development, but also that development that we speak of economically. Because, see, there, there are a lot of things that needs to come up out of us there that, that, that is uh, hindering us from being productive in the world with things that we are talking about, i.e. land and schools and businesses and all these different things. We're wondering, why can't we unite? Everybody talks about unity. We need mm -hmm. to unite. You can go back to the 60s, the 70s. Everybody keeps saying we need to unite. But why is it that we're not uniting? What is it about the ego that it has to be my religion or no religion? Why, uh, why, what it is about our ego and our and our self-righteousness that it has to be my organization or no organization. So I believe the self-improvement is so key because it gets all of those demons and those devils out of us, like you said, because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in 1974 that the white man could easily say, you made me, I'm grafted from you. Mm -hmm. So he said we, we he did not raise us to mock them. He raised us to stand in and show everybody what righteousness is. And I believe that is what the teachings is truly about. And that's why I personally love it. And it seems like it has done so much for you. And I thank you for sharing about, you know, your story and about, you know, how it has changed you. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just excited. <laughs> you know, you're very confident now, you know, you got to smile on, you look very bright. I was never not confident. Well, you know, that was just that little that little block of a couple of months in 2011. That's it. And as soon as I got away, I was okay. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm. I'm self. This is helping because even with the confidence, you can still see characteristics. All those things when you start to really dig deep and like you um, you mentioned um, envy and jealousy. When you look back at a certain situation, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's is that what that was? I need to fix that. Mm -hmm. Some things you're blind to until you really start to look at yourself and do the homework. So, yes, self-improvement. Get it. Well, we creeping up on the hour. Is there anything that you would like to say? Um, is there anything, any stories that you would like to tell about what the nation or the minister's words has done for you? And uh, that'll pretty much be the wrap up of the show. Yes. Yeah, so he came out. Um, he actually did a special uh, Sunday service after the Janaza for Minister Abdul Rahman. Um, and one thing that stuck with me, he said, make sure we... Keep our heads in the book. You know, there's one picture that Masafarad Muhammad left with us, and that was a picture of him in the book. So in order for you to keep your spirit intact and to grow and to really elevate mentally and spiritually and 
to be one with Allah, you have to submit and you have to study. Submission in some aspects can truly be a challenge and a trial. But guess what? When you realize it's a trial, you can say, ah, this is a trial. I should probably just go ahead and go through this with grace and ease so that I can go ahead and go to the next trial because we're going to they're going to come back to back to back to back and let those trials not be as daunting if when you submit they won't be a trial any longer it's just like oh okay well that was easy so I definitely want to say continue to study um be a better sister be a brother be a better brother be the example, create the world that you want to see. That's something that I realized. I realized that I had to create the world that I wanted to see. I always said, oh, it'd be so easy to be a, a Muslim if, you know, everyone else was a Muslim. Uh, well, guess what? You have to show them how to be a righteous Muslim. So go out and do that. Represent elegantly, modestly, accept your own, be yourself. As you can see, Mariam has a lot of personality. It didn't, I, I thought that I couldn't act as in Muslim, but that's a fable. That's that's an untruth. So for all those who have talent, do not be afraid to share your talent. You can rap, you can sing, you can act, you can do it, but do it for a lot. Do it righteously. Um, also, follow me. You can check out my <laughs> IG at underscore Mariam, M-A-R-Y-A-M-A-L-I-M-A. -A -A. Um, that's on IG. That's on Facebook. Those are the only two things I use um, on the IG page. Make sure you check out my link tree. Go check out my podcast, um, especially sisters. You can check out my full length um, episodes on covering your adornments, on atonement, on a lot of other things. I just talk about a lot of stuff and really just giving, you know, it, uh, stories about how um, I've gone through certain things and how maybe inshallah they can help you. So that's about it. Um, continue to do for community because we have to build a community. Work together. No egos. <laughs> yes, okay. Nina, well, I thank you for joining us, sister. And I, I really thank you for sharing uh, the stories that you shared. So uh, may Allah bless you uh, with all of the things that you got going, your podcast, uh, et cetera. Inshallah, I'll see you in October during a Holy Day Atonement or, you know, yeah. Savings Day, whichever one is first. So I get a chance to talk to you later, sister. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right, brothers and sisters. What we're about to go into now is the Brother Ben X music section. So I want y'all to check out this song called I Believe in Your Family. Check it out. <laughs> Peace to the God, man. I see you out there working, man. Whoever I'm talking to right now, man, Brother Ben X, I see you, man. I feel you. I know what it feel like to be working and grinding and hustling. And don't nobody really see the value in what you're doing, man. They laughing at you. They mocking you. Yeah. But don't worry about it, man. Everything starts small and grow large, man. Even we start off as a little clot, you heard me? So you just keep pushing. You keep working, man. We're going to see it. We gonna make them see it, that's what I'm trying to say. Look, I see it in you, I believe in you. The power of the God, shit, it been in you. You putting in work, I'm just making it known. They laughing at you now, they gonna call you a clone. I see it in you, I believe in you. The power of the God, shit, it been in you. You putting in work, I'm just making it known. 
They laughing at you now, they gon' call you a clone. Ha. They call us a clone because how we get to the work. Cause we don't mind the hustle in the rain, snow, or the dirt. Cause we gon' get to the grind, mine ain't wasting no time. I'm 24 years young, trying to heed to the sign. They can't see it now, but I work so they can see it later. I get to the grind, never look, they call me elevator. You bring it in, still don't get it, got a lot to prove. You all by yourself, working hard, got a lot to do. I see it in you. I believe in you. The power of the God, shit, it been in you. You putting in work, I'm just making it known. They laughing at you now, they gonna call you a clone. I see it in you. I believe in you. The power of the God, shit, it been in you. You putting in work, I'm just making it known. They laughing at you now, they gonna call you a clone. You know how I feel when you in my field. When it look like you're not working, but this shit all real. Do you know how I feel to stay up all night? Breaking videos down, but you can't even sleep right. So I'm watching the lecture, then I go download the lecture. Then when I download the lecture, I cut a piece out the lecture. I'm breaking it down like a science at the right place. Feel like I got a command from God, like a right face. I see it in you. I believe in you, the power of the God, shit, it been in you, you putting in work, I'm just making it known, they laughing at you now, they gonna call you a clone, man, look, man, this for anybody who's an entrepreneur, man, this for anybody who's grinding, man, who, you know, feel a little down on yourself because you feel like don't nobody see you, man, it don't matter if they see you, it's about if God see you, and if God see you, they're going to eventually see what you bring in full manifestation. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, just like the baby has to grow in darkness, the triple darkness of that mother's womb, you have to allow that idea to develop in the triple darkness of your mind. It don't matter if they don't see it right now. Maybe God gave you that vision. Maybe it was only for you and it was only for them to see in full manifestation. So don't even worry about it, man. Don't doubt yourself. Don't give up on yourself because, you know, the worst person to be in the way is yourself. You know, I say all the time, family, how can I encourage somebody else if I can't even encourage myself? How can I expect somebody else to believe in me if I don't believe in myself? So if I'm talking to you in this song, family, stay strong, man. You're going to make it. There's nothing that you can't do if you put your mind to it. I know that sounds like a cliche. If you can see it, you can achieve it, but that's real. The scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm not talking about just thinking these thoughts, these affirmations. I mean, you got to believe it in your soul. You got to believe it in your heart, man. And when you believe it in your heart, that creates a self-image in your subconscious mind. And whatever that self-image in your subconscious mind is, your actions is going to be right in accord with what's in your subconscious mind, family. So y'all have a blacktastic day, family. I love y'all. I know how you feel, man. You just keep pushing. Because the minister said, trials purify. And you never know who you are until you've been tried. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, family, man. I, I hope you all enjoyed that interview because, I, I mean, I deeply enjoyed that interview man um i hope i hope that was able to bring a lot of clarity to you guys about islam uh and the women i believe she did a magnificent job in representing and just i i, I those stories man were so powerful man she 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 brought up a lot of the in, the internal things 
that we go through as a people, not just as women, but as a people that can hinder us or that can stop us from having the self-love that we need. See, because we can have self-love, but I'm talking about the self-love that we need at the highest potential that will give us the energy and almost the gas to keep us moving forward in this life, family, so that we won't be looking down on ourselves. And that's what I love about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, man. He said, you're not black because you curse. You are black because you're first. He allows us to see how beautiful we truly are and how we are really God's people, his people, the mother and father of civilization family. So that's what the Nation of Islam is about, family. And these are the type of individuals that we are producing. You're hearing the stories of how people left the Nation of Islam. But they came right on back and you're seeing what they struggle with and you're seeing how they lighten up on the camera. That's what it's about, family. So if you are interested in joining the Nation of Islam, man, go on to your local Muhammad Mosque. Go to your local Muhammad Mosque, man, and check this thing out, man, because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, man, is giving us a teaching family. He, he, he's given us a teaching that allows us to accomplish so many things. I can't explain how many rooms I've got in because of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Youngest in the room. You know what I mean? I don't have enough, uh, as much money as nobody in the room. But what I had was, finally, was the mindset. And they were so impressed with my mindset and how mature I was and what I knew. But it was nothing but the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad family. Listen, man, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not lying. I'm not blowing no smoke up you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about literally, truly. The teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has opened up doors. So when it says money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life, that's for real. Not that it, that's what you're going to get because you join, but it is what you get as a byproduct, as an effect of joining family. So I want to play this clip from the minister family. This is it, it, it got me a little emotional. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it got me a little emotional because right here, the minister is actually crying a little bit. The minister is crying a little bit in this in this uh, video right here, but I want to play it. Here it goes. Children to say to me, we watched you all your life struggle. To see the rise of black people. Take your rest. We will carry on this mission until black people all over this earth are free and human beings can live. Dignify life without oppression and ignorance as the constant burden. Man, that's some powerful stuff, man. The Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan truly loves our people, man. And I want to be one of them brothers, man, one of his spiritual sons. I may not be his biological son, but I want to be one of them spiritual sons that says, man, when the brother departs, listen, man, take your rest. We're going to carry on this mission. We're going to make sure that the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gets to as many people as we can. Rather, if they believe it or not, you got the teachings. 
You got the self-improvement study, guys. You got mess to the black man. You got the closing the gap. You got the you got the medicine that we need as a people that will that will heal us. And so our job, family, is to be the greatest example that we can be. Are we going to make mistakes? Of course. So we wasting our time looking for everybody's flaws, family, because I'm, I'm here to tell you, we all got them. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you never have to condemn a dirty glass. Never. Just put a clean one next to it. And we have to do that, family. We have to begin to be better examples. We have to begin to put ourselves in contrast to what the world is showing. And when we do that, family, I believe we'll get more brothers and sisters coming home to the teachings. Did I say joining the Nation of Islam? That's not what I said. But I said coming home to the teachings, accepting their own and simply being themselves. Because everybody's not going to fit in the mosque per se anyway. The minister said the sky, ooh, that's going to be the ceiling. The ground, that's going to be the ground of the mosque. Or the four corners of the world. That's that. we talking about. It. Even when you step outside the building, you are still in the mosque. That's what the minister wants to see. Assalamu alaikum means peace be unto you. So they may say, I, they may not say assalamu alaikum, but if they're saying peace, if, they, if they're showing and, 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 and practicing peace, boy, we are doing something, man. We are making heaven. We are bringing heaven here on earth. It said the kingdom of God is within you. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, set yourself in heaven at once. That's what we got to do, family. That has to be our goal and that has to be our vision. So with that being said, man, I appreciate you for checking out the podcast. I thank you all for tuning in on YouTube, man. If you're tuned in on YouTube, please go over to the Brother Ben X podcast. If you're on the podcast, go over to YouTube, Brother Ben X, Instagram, Brother Ben X, so we can get as many people to hear this message as we can. With that being said, y'all have a blacktastic day, family. Assalamu alaikum. Black genius is a beautiful thing. You can defeat white supremacy with black genius. Oh, yes, you can. Not this time in the Seattle Foundation is bringing you another special event. It's time for us to save ourselves with that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and through the men who are in our midst guiding us. 750,000 people marched all over the world. We just literally shifted American culture. It's not that I'm anti-immigrant, anti-anything. What I'm saying is I'm talking about pro-black. Nobody talks about what has happened to my generation, our age generation in the 90s, on people who've been locked up in the pen. And if you valued yourself a little more, you would be a little more careful about who you out there sleeping with and who you out there just giving yourself with, knowing you have value and that you're a treasure. Don't miss our third conversation with the streets with our special guest, Brother Ben X, activist and motivational speaker, Tamika Mallory, activist and national chair of the Women's March, Teslin Figaro, Bernie Sanders' former national staffer and current Fox News commentator, and the co-founders of the Not This Time movement, Andre Taylor and Dove, on Wednesday, the 24th of July from 5 to 9 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, Seattle City Hall. Just click the link below and get your tickets now.